temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casino. Nothing else comes close. Here comes Stevenson moving it on the Brodsky score! One minute, 39 seconds in. Now Stone wave will back on. Stevenson scores! What comes out to Nick Hague. Hague with a shot. They score! Hague tried to get a throw. That is Paulson. 3 nothing for the Knights. Five seconds. Save made by Hill. And it looking for the puck. Comes out in front. Oh! It's all over. Welcome to Sabres Live. We are at the Rick Martin Memorial Golf Classic today. Uh, radio only extravaganza here on WGR and Marty Baran. The game for may well, in fact, be over, but. This cup final may still be a long ways from over based on how the games are spread out the rest of the way. And we're still waiting for game five on Tuesday where (laughs) the Vegas Golden Knights have a chance to wrap it up and win the Stanley Cup. Lots to get to. Combine is behind us. That means the draft is right in front of us. And of course, lots more names over the course of the weekend entering the NHL rumor mill. So lots to dive in on. How are you, my friend? And how likely is it that you will be carrying our group this afternoon here at River Oaks? Unlikely that I'll be carrying the group duffer. I haven't hit a golf ball yet this year, so it's going to be spraying all over River Oaks uh, this afternoon. So Joe Pinter, our producer on uh, Sabres game night and the Sabres games on MSG, will have to carry us. Maybe Tom Mecca. The excellent Tom Mecca is going to be carrying us. I think he's uh, joining us, uh, Duffer, today. But uh, listen, I think we're going to talk about hockey. We're going to talk about golf. We're going to talk about a lot of things. But you, this morning, have to be one of the happiest person in the world because Nick Taylor had this fantastic finish at the Canadian Open. You always follow the Canadian golfers on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. I so that put a feather, a feather in your map. Okay, I won't say the PGA Tour. You follow Canadians in golf. And so, you know, when Corey Connors is doing good, you follow him. You follow Canadians in golf. So you had to be loving the fact that Nick Taylor did this. A feather in your map right there. But also... I want to talk about Saturday night game four and Chandler Stevenson. So that even brings a smile to your face because you love Chandler Stevenson and he had a great game. Um, so yeah. So are, are you a happy guy this morning, Duffer? Uh, well, I suppose that depends on whether I took my medication or not. 
So the answer to that right now is no. But um, yeah, I was pretty thrilled, obviously. <laughs> um, my It's because it's raining and we have to golf. That's why you're no, not happy. No, no, no. The, none of those <laughs> things matter. That That's the beauty of where I'm at now. Uh, things like that don't affect my mental well-being. Um, I was super thrilled for Stevenson. I'm really excited for Vegas, although based on how I laid everything out last week, and the fact that Florida now gets exactly two days off before each game, I still think there's a chance they come back and win the series. But I, of course, am unprofessionally rooting for um, Stevenson, for Carrier, for McNabb. Um, the one thing I will say, and and maybe we should save it for tomorrow, but I think that it's not talked about enough what Vegas's true identity has been since their inception. And it continues to this day. It was a narrow uh, talking point on the broadcast in game four. I just don't think people realize how it has always been there for Vegas. And the reason it has always been there, and I'm not going to say what it is just yet, is because of Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, and Alex Petrangelo. And it has not mattered which of the 9 million goaltenders or 6 million coaches Vegas has had since their inception. They have built, been built around a foundation of defensemen who choose to play a certain way. And I don't think it is a reflection of what the coach wants or what the goaltenders prefer. But these three individuals, specifically Martinez and McNabb, but Petrangelo not far behind, their game is blocking shots. And it, I know it flies counter to what some people want or expect in today's game. And it is by no means a recipe for ultimate success. But it can be an identifiable trait as to how you play. And I think block shots, especially, you know, with this group in front of Aiden Hill, it just... um it's an ongoing commitment to playing their way. And it was right there present until the final second before Matthew Kachuk's last second gasp, which would not have counted anyway. Um, I, I think it's remarkable. Marty, I went back and looked at the numbers from their inception. So six years now, no team in the Western conference has had more block shots, but then when you narrow it down to the last four years in its entirety, or the last three years in its entirety, or the last two, or the last one. No team has blocked more shots than the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think it is a huge reason why they are on the cusp of their first cup. No, I totally agree with you. And it goes hand in hand, two things right there. It goes hand in hand with what we're looking at the Sabres decor and what they're trying to build or what they want to build, right? Adding a, four, a top uh, four defensemen to go along with Darlene and Power. And look, Darlene and Power are going to have to block shots. If Petrangelo and the top D on Vegas is doing it, if the top D around the NHL are doing it, they're going to have to do it. And they've been better at that. Emerson no, can block a ton of shots, but you still need another piece in the top four. So what Vegas has built, over the last six years since they entered the league and they added and they tweaked, the Sabres can take a page out of that and build moving forward. The one thing that Vegas is doing 
that is different this year than in the past few years is under Bruce Cassidy, they are extremely disciplined. They don't take many penalties. They mm -hmm. don't give up a lot of power plays. But on the flip side of that, in the finals, Florida's power play is absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. They're 0 for 13 in four games on the power play. Now they got 17 seconds of power play at the end of game four when Petrangelo shot it out in the crowd and it was a delay of game and they were six on four and they almost scored. It would have ran out of time despite Aiden Hill making a great save on Kachuk and then Bennett. The clock had expired, but 0 for 13. I mean, these are these are bad numbers. You're not mm -hmm. getting a lot of opportunities and you're not scoring. So that is a big problem for Florida. Even if they had gotten 15% in the finals so far, that's two goals. If they had gotten 23%, that, that's three goals. It makes a big difference. But instead, they're 0%. Vegas is doing a great job defensively and they're not taking a lot of penalties. The Petrangelo story is fascinating to me because we touched on him briefly last week with his pedigree and resume. He he does seem to be on a path where he could be considered as a Hall of Famer if he just keeps racking up even more and more wins and cups and all the rest of it. <laughs> so he had a moment with about, I think, I want to say like two minutes left and the pressure was starting to mount. Vegas it might have been six on five against them already at that point with the goalie out. Petrangelo made just a beautiful split second but patient decision that completely shocked the Panthers and allowed for an easy exit out of the zone, as opposed to a panic play off the glass. Who knows what's going to happen, right? And I'm like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about this. Within 20 seconds, he then turned it over egregiously inside his blue line, but it just snuck out yeah. to become offside. So he escaped that one. And then he puts the puck over the yeah. glass. And I'm like, this is what people have to realize that all the best players in the game turn the puck over more because they have the puck more often. And it's not as pretty and perfect as it looks when you look at someone's <laughs> career resume. And I was laughing because I obviously love the guy, but I do watch them a lot. And he makes some, he makes some really tough decisions. And I just, I, I throw that out as, as a reminder because I want people to realize that when Darlene and Samuelson and power, we're going to see it over and over and over again. Don't dwell on the mistakes dwell on the good things over the course of 60 minutes of play that make these players better than their counterparts. But it is funny when it happens, not funny, but it is alarming when it happens in the moment, right? You see it all the time. So funny enough, there's a great Kevin Weeks, Weeksteism about panicking with Buck. So when Weeksy would see somebody panic with the puck, he'd say, oh, panic Perot, an ode to Yannick Perot, who played in the NHL. Now, just this weekend, I texted the group because Yannick Perot's son is a uh, prospect to be drafted in the NHL. His other son already got drafted. So I'm like, when Petrangelo had the puck and he shot it into the netting over the glass and took the delay of game penalty, I was laughing because I'm like, this is a true panic Perot move by Alex Petrangelo because he looked like he wants to trim the puck. Then he's falling forward. Then he's like, oh, I got to get make sure I get enough on this and I got to get it in the glass. And then he scoops it right over the net, right? So, 
But Vegas has done that this now in two games where they go up and they just go on their heels. And guys like Petrangelo, guys like Martinez, they can make better plays. I felt like at times they chipped it out. At times they just got it off the glass. They gave it back to Florida to counter. Give it back to Florida to counter. And I want to see Petrangelo and Martinez and and Theodore. I want to see them just play the game like it's it's one one. Like you're trying to score. And I don't think Vegas has done that. They almost got burned in the last game. And quickly, lastly on Petrangelo, he's a dirty son of a gun. I'm yes, telling you that right now. He, he, he is a dirty son of the gun. Now, he got suspended. Uh, what did he do earlier? He, like, had a suspension or could have gotten a suspension. And it was on dry he sidle. came out of the penalty box. A high stick. It was on dry sidle. You're right. The, the, the full hack across the, the forearm. He got, that was dirty. But he also, he gets a, a delay of game penalty with 17 seconds left. So he's sitting in the box. Florida, six players against Vegas is four plus the goaltender. And the buzzer goes, and there's a melee around the crease, and Aiden Hill is in there punching Sam Reinhardt, and they're getting on top of each other. Kachuk is in there. All of a sudden, you see number seven, Petrangelo, in the melee. You're like, what is he doing there? Like, how did he come out of the box and join the group? It's like somebody jumping over the boards. Somebody that's on the bench jumping over the boards and joining the group. Like he doesn't have the right to be there. Now, is it Petrangelo? Well, we don't know that. I haven't gotten my investigative like cameras and all the angles. Like is the locker room, the, not the locker room, the penalty box attendant opened the door for Petrangelo to come out. Okay. If that's the case, not his fault. But if Petrangelo reached the handle and opened himself the door and came out, then yes, absolutely his fault. So we don't know that. And nothing's going to happen because it, it, it got cleared up. Everything's fine. He didn't even get a penalty. At he the didn't end of the do game. anything. But that's Petrangelo. How about just for getting on the ice? I understand like, that. He's not allowed to be there. He's also not Matthew Kachuk. If you reverse that and Kachuk left the penalty box at that point in time, he would have come in flying, WWE style, jumped on top of the pile, carped at the officials, taken six more tenement misconducts, and it would have made a mockery of the situation. Like, it's, Petrangelo went in, he either kicked a bottle or a glove out of the way, and then stood there, played peacemaker until Kachuk wrapped his arms around his neck and made it out to be like rodeo again. Like, you know, we again, things again. can be true at the same time. Matthew Kachuk can be one of the best players. He can also be the biggest you-know-what and the biggest detriment to, like, officiating, trying to control the masses. He's got 50 penalty minutes in the series. There are Sabres <laughs> in the last 12 years that have not that have come nowhere close to 50 penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of people that say, we need people that are going to take 50 penalty minutes right. in one game, and we'd love that. Like, right, but, but Petrangelo... Like, maybe he's smart enough. Maybe he got on the ice and realized, oh, crap, I shouldn't be here, but right. I'm here. So I better do something but not do enough, right? So maybe yeah. he's smart enough. But Petrangelo is dirty. Guy. Matthew Kachuk is banged up. Like, you can see, Matthew Kachuk can barely move his one shoulder. Like, after he got rocked by Kolasar in game three, he was on the bench. First, he had to leave the bench for concussion protocol. And then when he got back to the bench, the trainer had him put his arm over his head sideways to check his shoulder. Magic Kachuk. What? Did, did, 
you said something that we never talked about. If he left for concussion protocol, which I doubt, why did he play the power play before leaving? No, he didn't because it went straight to commercial. So right, that's he what got I'm. But he... by Colasar. Yeah, he never he missed a shift. Colasar, there was a scrum. Yeah, but there was he got rocked by Colasar. There was a penalty on the play. Then there was the commercial break. So he went to the room during the commercial break. He came back out. But look, when you get called, and the league called for the spotter, Pierre LeBron asked Paul Maurice, uh, why did Kachuk leave the bench? And he said he got called in. Now, here's the thing, Duffer, and I, I get what you're saying, is if the concussion spotter says we need to pull him out of the, the, the game, is the, is, is the test, the concussion test should be like, a five, 10 minute thing at the very least, right? Like it shouldn't be a 30 second thing, but the concussion spotter's job is just to say, hey, listen, come here for a second, right? Yeah. I'm in the stands, I'm on the in the back, I see the play, I need to just look at you. Kachuk probably went to the guy and the guy says, hey, did you get hit in the head? No, I got hit in the shoulder, my shoulder hurts. Okay, let me look at you. I'm good, my head's fine and my shoulder hurts. I'm good. Okay, that's fine. Like it's just to to add an extra layer of of let's check you out. Now, if the concussion spotter, when he has Kachuk in front of him, looks at him and Kachuk looks a little sideways and looks like his eyes are crossed over a little bit, then it's remove you for five, 10 minutes. Let's look at you more. But I think they did the job and then they deemed that no, he, his head is fine. And obviously his head is fine. And he went back and played, but he's banged up. He's he's really banged up. Yeah, I, I will never attach myself to that last statement of yours. Obviously, his head is fine. I don't know that. I certainly don't assume that. And I want no part of that <laughs> statement. So, so um, this statement is brought to you by Marty Baron only. Not yes. to be endorsed by Brian Duff. <laughs> yes, thank you. For le legal reasons, yeah. I got Zig on the... For legal reasons. I got Zig on the bat phone here. We got to, you know, make sure we're not... Uh, <laughs> It's in our ride to the wrong thing here. Um, okay. Now, I apologize for getting animated and distorting audio if that was, in fact, the case there when I was screaming about Matthew Kachuk. But, you know, I've been building it up all weekend, <laughs> so I just had to let it go. Um, there is, perhaps ironically, there is a, you know, like a Kachuk Jr. type name that's floating out there now. Travis Konechny. Ooh, I like where you're going. So like you're what, going. what do we, what do we like? I know on hockey night on Saturday, you know, Fridge and, and, and David Amber were, were talking about Scott Lawton. And obviously you've talked a lot about what the Flyers and Danny Briere are likely to be doing here, hoping to do somewhere in between. So whether it's Carter Hart or Scott Lawton or Travis Konechny or whoever on the heels of Provorov going last week, you know, this this could be a, a real, like, blowing up of the Flyers. Who, in your opinion, because Provorov clearly didn't, who, in your opinion, from the Flyers could make sense for Kevin Adams in this ongoing roster reconstruction for the Sabres as they push towards a playoff spot? Look, um, I love Scott Lawton. I think he's a great player. 
the rumor is that the Flyers have already turned down a late first round pick for him. So mm-hmm. I think the price for Scotty Lawton is going to be more than what I would pick, right? Like if it's a, we were thinking about a, a first round pick for Scott Lawton, I'm like, okay, like it's a little bit much. I don't see Scott Lawton being a top two lines type of player with the Buffalo Sabres. So are you willing to part ways with a first round pick for what would be a third liner? Um, I think it fits the Sabres. Now, Travis Konechny is a completely different story. I have loved Travis Konechny since I was on the ice with him. He was a 14-going-on-15-year-old player. He was on the ice with Matt Barzell, uh, Connor McDavid, like all those guys. We were on the ice in Toronto. I coached their team. And I remember having to tell Konechny in the game, like, hey, listen, this is an all-star game. Like, you are crushing people, and you may need to, like, pull it back a little bit because we don't want anybody getting hurt. He had that in him as a 15-year-old duffer. Mm-hmm. And I think Konechny fits the Flyers perfectly, but there has been some oil and vinegar type moments this year with John Tortorella, Travis Konechny, the Flyers, his agent, whatnot. So I'm looking at, I really would, 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 would throw a big package at getting Travis Konechny. If the Flyers want to rebuild, the Sabres have plenty of prospects, but they don't have anybody like Travis Konechny in their roster. And I would take that right away. Oh, Marty, you make me laugh. And I don't want to laugh because I don't want to make it sound like I'm having fun at your expense. <laughs> but I have to. You know that oil and vinegar go together, right? It's oil and water that don't. Oil and water, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there was oh. okay, oil and water. Mm-hmm. Yes, oil and water. Well, okay. Yeah, oil and vinegar. That that mixing well with like some yeah. bread and some some bread. Yes, cheese. thank you. Yes, yeah, exactly, to... <laughs> exactly. And, and the beauty of Konechny well, is he's being paid the appropriate bread. He has had the perfect contract for a while, and he's got two years yes. left at five point five million, and he's a thirty goal scorer for the first time. Who doesn't want to jump on that? But is there something amiss with Konechny that wouldn't somehow fit? with what Adams is trying to build. No, the age fits, salary structure fits, the type of player I believe fits. He has offensive upside, can play uh, a physical type of game, can be getting under the skin. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it because I really think that a guy like Rasmus Dallin, a guy like Dylan Cousins, a guy like Owen Power, they can totally defend and protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody that runs around on the other team and all of a sudden Konechny gets on the ice and he does his running around, like you're kind of, you know, like putting some water here on the fire and saying, okay, let's be done with this. Like I can play that game too. And I think in the long run, that could be really, really, um, you know, responsible for the Sabres to have that. Now, now he, you don't want a fort liner that has that role, right? Because the fort liner plays every so often, and then the other team says, Don't worry about him, he's just a fort liner. Travis Konechny mm-hmm. is not a fort liner. So when he gets on the ice, the other team is like, Hey, we got to pay attention to Travis Konechny. We got to take care of him. We got to watch him. He can score. He can do this. So 
I would I would take Travis Konechny in a heartbeat. I would package prospects. Like, what do the Flyers want? They they seem to be in this rebuilt, right? They go and acquire picks or whatever. Give it to them. Like, package all of that. Yeah, I, I have to confess. Um, I have been a really big Konechny fan since prior to the draft. Um, more so, it, it's, you know... It, not just because of the hockey, like we, you know, we have often, you know, opportunity to kind of get to know some of the prospects a little bit. And I'm a big believer that you can, you can take a fair amount away from, you know, your first meeting with someone and uh, just kind of how they're wired. And uh, it's obviously not a be all and end all, but there was always a lot to like for Konechny, uh, for, from Konechny for me. And I think at times it has taken him a little longer in script, but I mean, again, the list last year, he was on pace for 40 um, before injury and he still ended up with a career high 31. So I think he would be a great fit. It then becomes a numbers situation, you know, because you did bring in Greenway at the end of last year. Um, There's still a jury out there on, uh, you know, is Joe's going to be back? We haven't even officially, you know, seen whether Giergensen's is still in the mix. Um, and obviously yeah. a lot of people talk about Olafson and, and, um, and where he fits in all this and whether he's part of a pack. So a lot of moving parts potentially, but I do think um, um, of, from the weekend crowd of names that came out, I think, I think connect me for me is, is probably one of the most uh, appealing. I think like the big thing here, and you mentioned the name Olafson. I believe that if you are bringing in a top nine or top six player, mm-hmm. it is going to come at the expense of Victor Olafson. Um, that probably is. And now I laugh because I mean, we're, we're not in Philadelphia. I mean, if somebody's listening to us in Philadelphia, they got the Odyssey app and they're pulling WGR 550 and they're listening. That really love to see Victor playing with John Tortorella. That would be, that would be oil and vinegar and water all mixed together. <laughs> well, I know this. Um, I don't anticipate that being, you know, a deal that we would see. Um, I think these would be separate deals, no. separate, uh, you know, and let's face it. I mean, Arizona controls the fate of pretty much every franchise in the NHL right now. In fact, they're likely to wreak havoc, create damage, cause damage at the draft. In fact, it says so in the headlines on NHL.com. So maybe we'll dive into that when we come back. That is so funny. On Sabres Live. Not sarcastic at at all. Really? Oh, man, I'm getting good at this. (laughs) Uh, We are at the Rick Martin Memorial Classic at River Oaks today. Brian Duff, Marty Baron, and our crew. A radio-only show of Sabres Live. Glad you're with us on WGR Sports Radio 550. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake-me-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, all. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. I have wildfire smoke in my lungs and a burning in my heart. Welcome back to Sabres Live with Marty and Brian. It is the Rick Martin Memorial Classic. Today at River Oaks, Marty, let me remind the younger demographic of Sabres fans just how incredible Rick Martin was. Not only as as a mentor, friend, teammate, um, community-minded, wonderful human being, But when you look back at the history of the Sabres and you think of it being built around Gilbert Perrault and then the next year having a fifth overall pick that ends up being Rick Martin, I don't honestly believe that people truly know how impactful this player was in a decade that ended up being known almost exclusively for the Montreal Canadiens with a close second to the Philadelphia Flyers and then the Boston Bruins. It was an incredibly hard time and a much smaller league to be a dominant team. And yet Rick Martin successfully managed to be a postseason all-star four straight years, twice a first teamer, twice a second teamer. And Marty, did you know that to this day, among the top 10 in NHL history, in goals per game, Rick Martin stands 10th. And you can only imagine the list of names in front of them. It'd be funny. Okay, so I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot with the names, right? So obviously Wayne Gretzky has got to be up there. Mario Lemieux, Mike Bossy. So that's probably four that's right three. there. That's three. Uh, that's Bossy, three. Lemieux. Well, four, four with Rick Martin. So well, that's Rick's 10th. So you got to find the nine in yeah. front of them. Yeah. Okay, uh, I am going to go with Tim Mussolini. Nope. He's not in the top 10. Okay. Um, how about Dave? Uh, he played too many games. I was going to say Dave Anderchuk, but he played too many games. Too many games. Not um, yeah, not there. How about Ovi? Ovi is there. Ovi is there. What the, what rank, where, where does he rank? Bossy first, Lemieux second, Ovi fifth, Gretzky sixth. Those are the four okay, that you so have. I'm missing, I'm missing four? You're missing uh, five. Yeah, but I'm missing who's fourth. So I have one, two, You're three, missing third five, and, and fourth. Six. This is a terrible live exercise on WGR. I apologize for that. Sorry uh, for that. Okay, just go ahead and unveil that list because I'm, I'm curious. The list is Bossy, Lemieux. Bure, now Hall of Famer, Matthews, current player, Ovechkin, current player, Gretzky, Brett Hall, Bobby Hall, and a player that I love, and this pains me to say it uh, because he's a flyer, 
Tim Kerr. Oh, Tim Kerr. Same as Rick Martin, both average 0.56 goals per game. Now, I should. This is incredible. I should lobby. Go back to Rick Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I should lobby for Tim Kerr to be in the hall. But the reason I can't is because, and this is not to diminish Kerr's four consecutive 50 goal seasons, was that the era that Kerr played in, there were more 50 goal scorers. So Kerr was not a postseason all star. He was just a remarkably consistent, wonderful player. The reason Rick Martin should be in the Hall of Fame is because in his window of time, his decade of dominance, he was among the game's best. And you can yes. only be what you can be in the era that you play. This, like, And I'm not crapping on anybody that wants Alex McGillney in the Hall of Fame. And there are many millions of reasons why McGillney could get there beyond just his time with the Sabres, or the Canucks, or the Devils, or, what have, or the Leafs, whatever. Even McGillney was only twice a postseason all-star, twice a second team all-star. Why? Because there was a window of time where there were a lot of there was a lot of scoring, and he just wasn't always among the absolute best, which is hard to believe, but we were blessed with an incredible era of tons of guys who scored over a thousand points and 500 goals, right? That was an era that McGillney got caught up in, and it doesn't diminish anything he did. But in the window of time where the Sabres were going through their first decade, Marty, I learned today just by looking in, and I know there was injury at the end of Rick's time, even in his final 103 games as a Sabre, he produced a hundred points. Like, and this was, this was a guy who'd been through an awful lot. He gave everything he could have to this organization. And in the big picture, in my opinion, he is absolutely a Hall of Famer. So to be here at River Oaks today under the umbrella of the Rick Memorial Classic is a true honor for us, I believe. No, it is a true honor. And look, I I remember talking to my parents and when I got drafted with the Buffalo Sabres, like my parents didn't speak a whole lot of English. And I remember they're doing a side interview, right? And somebody said, Buffalo, what do you know about Buffalo? And my father says, French connection. That's all he said. And he said it in broken English. He said, Gilbert Perrault, Richard Martin, René Robert. That's what he said, right? And it sounded like, who, who are these guys that you're talking about? Because it's Gilles Perrault, Rick Martin, and René Robert. Like, it just with the French accent, whatnot. So I learned a lot about the French connection and, and those three guys. But while I was playing and here in Buffalo, the one person that I really got to know personally, more than any other member of the French Connection. Where's Rick Martin? Because Rico used to go out to Kennedy's Cove and Clarence and we'd have like his time there at the bar and tell stories. And every time I went in to get an order, I would go in early. I'd sit with Rico and we would just sit there and talk and I'd listen to his stories. And, and he loved events like today. Golf tournaments were his forte. He would grab the microphone. He would tell jokes tell stories. He used to have the most wonderful David Letterman type top 10. And he would say at every event, the top 10 lies in the NHL, right? <laughs> and you, I, you laugh because you've heard it. No, I haven't. But Rick, you have not heard it? Okay. I don't know all 10 lies, but one of them was you know, honey, we're just going for a couple of beers after practice. I'll be home soon. He's like, yeah, I'd be coming on at 10 o'clock at night, right? After I spend the whole day at the restaurant, we stayed there the whole time. In an era where there was no replay, 
is uh, one of his lies was, I got a piece of it. The guy that stands in front of the net and pretends that he got a deflection just so he can get the goal. And guys would argue on the bench. I got a piece of it. No, you didn't touch it, you liar. And they would argue on the bench to see who got the goal. So one of the lie that Rick Martin used to say was one of the top 10 lies in the NHL was, I got a piece of it. We're only going for a couple beers. I'll be home soon. Amazing. Uh, uh, it was amazing. He had a whole top 10. It was incredible. People were crying, laughing every time he pulled it out. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And um, as it pertains to modern day and, and you, you look and, you know, Rick never won the cup. The French connection couldn't get there. They were so close. 75. Rick was a huge, huge, as you would imagine, piece of it. And that's that's why we talk about this every day, why it captures people's attention. The journey is 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 amazing. But if you can get to that pinnacle moment, and that's what we're staring at today between Vegas and Florida, and these pinnacle moments often unfairly um, can identify a player or, you know, in the short term, label a player. Look, not everybody's going to score six goals in six games in the Stanley Cup final, even in a high scoring era. It's just not going to happen. But you do gravitate towards the players and go. How is that player like Sam Reinhardt, for instance, or Jack Eichel or insert big name player here right like mark stone keeps having a con like an impact right john con <laughs> mars so continues having yeah. an impact here but you know we saw barkov break through last game we saw montour just continue to do what he's been doing all it's remarkable finally but you yeah. but i know you're looking at sam reinhardt and wayne gretzky has been saying sam reinhardt every single pregame show so yep. what do you what do you and there's nothing wrong with Sam Reinhardt. He's an incredibly intelligent player who's a 30 goal scorer now consistently. But what do you see from him, from his team that can make a difference here moving forward? So I feel like Sam Reinhardt is put in a tough position. Number one, he has zero points in four games. He only has six shots on goal. It averages one and a half shots per game. Uh, in the regular season, he was just shy of three shots per game. Like Sam's not a shooter, mm-hmm. but, you know, he still managed to about, it was a 2.85 shots per game average. So it's just a little under three, right? To drop to one and a half in the finals is tough. But he's on a line with Lundell and Ryan Lumberg. Ryan Lomberg's a fort liner. He's not on the same level as Sam Reinhardt. I feel like when they lost Listerainen, it, it, it changed the dynamic of that third line. I would like to see Sam Reinhardt elevated into a better role, right? They have Nick Cousins playing with Kachuk and Bennett. Could you put Sam Reinhardt there? Sam could play the right wing or the left wing. Could you have like tried something to get Sam Reinhardt going? And I feel like Paul Maurice has hesitated to do that. Now, yes. Sam Reinhardt played with Barkov and, and Duclair in game four in the third period because Matthew Kachuk was not playing at five on five. We played in the last two minutes of the game, but he's clearly banged up. And Paul Maurice was like, no, I can't play you. You're, 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 you're hurt. Um, so Sam Reinhardt played in a better role. But look at what Sam did in the first round, right, against Boston. Boston was up 3-1 on Florida. Sam scored a goal in game five, scored a goal in game six, scored a goal in game seven, right? Game, and, then, and, and then he scored a goal in overtime against Toronto in the wraparound. Like Sam was effective. Even if it was on the third line, he was way more effective. Now, 
you you see he's, he's got so he's got some smart plays but it doesn't come to anything in the end and so i feel like paul maurice has to find a place for sam reinhardt to be playing top six with better players because right now he's playing with lundell and lomberg and it's not working well, he had a play last game that was very reminiscent of his goal. Oh, boy. Who did they play last round? Carolina? Carolina. Yeah. 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 Right from the slot, you know, where he had gone. I think he went stick side low on Freddie Anderson. And it was the same play. He missed the net. But so he's in position. And again, you just painted a perfect picture. There is still, as much as some may not believe it, ample opportunity for Reinhardt and company to come back in, in my opinion, in this series. I know it's three, one, but they've been there before and I, I get it. Kachuk's not hundred percent healthy, but guess what? Vegas has gone through What number is Aiden Hill on the depth chart? You know what I mean? I don't need to hear about yep. injuries. I need to know, like we need to focus on who's here. And the reality is anybody can win any given. I'm not writing off the Florida Panthers. I'm not. Well, you know what though? Like I, I'm not either, but they brought they they pulled it off against Boston, which was a you know top team in the NHL this year. And could they pull it off against Vegas? Yes, they could. It reminds me because I have golf on the brain. We're at the golf tournament, and yesterday was the Canadian Open and a great finish by Nick Taylor. Do you remember back at the British Open years ago when John Vandeveld mm-hmm. had the disastrous 18? Well, mm-hmm. you know, he ends up in the bunker, right? And he and this playing partner are both in the bunker. The playing partner went first and holed out from the bunker. Jean Vandevel needed the same shot from the bunker to win. If he went up and down, they went to a playoff, right? And I feel like that's the same thing. Like the Florida Panthers already did that against Boston coming back, that they need to do it again. And the likeliness of doing it again, just in my opinion, drops. Like if the odds should be a lot, lot worse doing it twice in the same playoff round and the same playoff year. So for that reason alone, I had Vegas in five. I think it ends Tuesday, but we'll talk about it. Florida could come back, but because they did it already against Boston, I don't see it doing it again. Uh, one really rapid fire, completely unrelated um, question before we break for best and worst of the weekend. Why or how should I phrase this? Can do you have a good sense of where LA is going with their goaltending? Um, I have a sense that they're gonna have Phoenix Copley there and that they are going to add somebody. Now, the 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 big thing for me is when we get to the draft and you and I Duffer will be in Nashville and mm-hmm. we're gonna work to our sources, we're gonna work Two weeks the hallways, from today. But LA, I think, huh? We'll be in Nashville two weeks from today. Yeah. So, but, but LA, I would think LA is going to try to swing for a trade. They're going to try to swing hard. They're going to go for a trade, either a Connor Hellebuck or UC Saros or somebody to that level. That's what I think they're going to do. If they can't do that by the, the, the draft, because if it, if they go by the draft and they didn't acquire a goaltender, they're going to go to the free agent market. And then they're going to look for one of who's on my free agent list. Like, uh, um, okay, you can save it for another one day. of Anderson, Jari, Ranta, maybe, maybe Varlamov, like one of those guys. If they have to clear space in a trade, is Ayafalo coming this way? 
could be. I feel like our follow fits them really good, though. I I think that Rob agree, Blake and but... Robitaille is going to try to to shed salary a different way. I think our fellows got to be down on their list of of guys they want to part ways with. All right, back after this, best and worst of the weekend next on Sabers Live, WGR Sports Radio Five Fifty. Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are having way too much fun for a Monday. It's Sabres Live. It's radio only today. Uh, Brownie and company are coming up on One Bills Live, and it's best I leave it at that. Marty, best and worst of the weekend. Kick us off, baby. There was a lot, a lot to dive into. There was a ton to dive into, but uh, Nick Taylor, Canadian, winning the Canadian Open, first time in 69 years. Last time it happened was in 1954. It was what a putt, 72 feet on the 18th hole, the fourth playoff hole for Eagle. It was amazing. So that was the best. The worst, I, I know Adam Adwin got tackled, but on the second playoff hole, when Fleetwood put his ball into the gallery and fans are grabbing the ball from the gallery and taking <laughs> selfies with it, you got to leave the ball where it is. He's, they've got to be able to get a drop. Like, what are you doing picking up the ball and taking selfies with it? Come on, fans. This is not a hockey puck in the crowd. That's a golf ball. Can I tell you that on Saturday, when watching the coverage of that tournament, same type of thing, grandstand type. No, I don't even know if it was grandstand. But a fan was sitting there on the ground out of, you know, well removed from the fairway it was an errant shot it rolled up within two feet of them and they picked it up and started looking at it and i'm like oh my gosh how do you (laughs) so yeah this is this is the way it is there's a professional golf tournament going on and there's a golf ball there i wonder if that's from the range like i'm gonna just pick it up like come on people Okay. What was worse, Adam Hadwin getting tackled by security or Petrangelo getting get out of jail free from the penalty box? I think Adam Hadwin getting tackled for security was was worse, but it ended up being the best, right? Because all the memes we're going to get out of that was fantastic. Oh my gosh, the historic photos now. Like this will forever be a part of Nick Taylor's greatest career moment and arguably the greatest the greatest moment in Canadian golf history. Somebody put the soundtrack to Titanic on the video. Oh. It is the best. The crescendo comes in just as the security guy rounds, you know, Nick Taylor and his caddy and comes in at the oh, epitome of the song is fantastic. Okay. You know what else is really bad since we're north of the border? The Edmonton Elks have lost 18 straight home games in the CFL. It's been almost four years. On that note, more football talk straight ahead on WGR Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.